A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. And at MidwestFarmReport.com. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. At five minutes after five o'clock on a Tuesday morning, it is the eighth day of September. So glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Many thanks to my friend Josh Gramlin for holding down the fort. Well, I took a little time away, got a lot of things done. And fortunately, the weather allowed for a lot of things to get done. What about our weather for today? Well, it looks like we are going to stay a little on the cool side, as you might expect for September 8th. Today, we're looking for daytime highs right around 56 degrees with a good chance that we could see some rain in the forecast. 49 are expected overnight low. Tomorrow, another 70% chance of rain and 54. Thursday, 20% chance of rain and 61. Another 20% chance of rain on Friday, 65 degrees. Does Stu Muck agree with that forecast? We'll be talking to him in about 15 minutes. And also up before 6 o'clock, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, steps to the microphone. Corn and beans are rallying overnight. What's the market talking about after the three-day weekend? He'll bring us the latest news coming up after 5.30. At Wiffle's Hybrids, our family recipe for success has been handed down for three generations. Take two parts high-performing hybrids, mix with one part unmatched quality, then finish it off with our secret sauce, superior customer service. Some people may say it's impossible to get the best hybrids from an independent, family-owned company, to which we'd say, have your cake and eat it, too. Mmm, Wiffle's Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. One thing, if you've been following the crop progress reports around Wisconsin, you know what's going on with corn, with beans, with oats, with potatoes, just about everything. Bob Osol here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, but Pam... One crop that's had a lot of headlines over the last couple of years, and I don't know for what reason, has been kind of on a back burner news-wise around Wisconsin this year, has been hemp. What's going on? Well, part of the reason it's not making headlines this year, Bob, is it's having a good growing season. First time in three years those people that decided they wanted to apply for an expensive permit are actually getting a crop. At least that's the word I got from Brian Kuhn, Division Administrator at the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection, who handles the permitting process, monitoring of the processing, monitoring of the harvesting, and ultimately doing the testing. One other item that's on his plate this year is reworking the emergency rule that Wisconsin had been working under through the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So to say his plate is full is an understatement, but he said... It's a good news situation for those Wisconsin hemp producers and processors that had previously been shut out with lousy weather and poor growing conditions. He said this year, no problem at all. We haven't been getting a lot of the messages back like we have in the past of challenges with the wet springs and uh, and the the impact of that on, on, on the crop, the hemp crop in the state. So haven't been hearing a lot of concerns or complaints from growers this year about the growing conditions like we have in the last couple of years. So give us an update then, Brian, uh, from what you saw earlier this year when all the applications for permits came in, 
Where will Wisconsin stand if everybody planted the acres that they intended to and all the processors get online? Kind of give us an update on 2020. Yeah, from a from a grower standpoint, our numbers are very similar to um, to last year, so uh, surprisingly close. Uh, so we've got about 1,200 licensed growers in the state this year, uh, compared to about 1,250 last year, um, and we've got about uh, within about 10 the same number of processors. We've got about 570 licensed processors in the state. Um, the interesting thing would be uh, that that about 50% of those licensees, both in the grower and in the processor categories, are new and about 50% returning. So there is a significant attrition rate, um, you know, with, with meaning growers, act, you know, trying it out that first year and then maybe walking away for a bit now and, and kind of watching it and seeing what hemp does. Um, we know there certainly has been market challenges uh, and there's a lot of hemp still in storage from, from last year. But it's just, uh, to me, very interesting that that number uh, across the program played out, that we have about the same level of program this year and the same level of growing as we did last year, but it is 50% new and 50% returning. Um, And this year we do have um, growing occurring in all uh, all 72 counties of the state. Hmm. Interesting. Now, one of the reasons why we're talking with Brian now is the hemp harvesting is about to commence. And that gets to be kind of a tricky situation for a lot of growers, whether they've been growing hemp for a while or whether they're brand new to it. Brian, explain why you really want growers to be diligent on uh, their harvest processes and getting those samples into you in a timely way. Yeah, well, we are, we're the ones that will be collecting those samples from growers. So, yeah, we've, we've received began receiving those 30-day harvest notifications. So that's a critical component of this whole thing is growers getting those 30-day harvest notifications into the department. Uh, We've got that through an online process this year. Um, So we have automated a number of our our processes for reporting from the growers to the department. Uh, But we need to receive that 30-day notification uh, so that we can get them on our schedule and, and get out there and get that regulatory sample collected. They cannot harvest the crop before we collect that regulatory sample. They can, they can harvest before they have the result, uh, but they, we need to have come out there and, and literally uh, taken that representative sample of that entire field or that entire lot before they, uh, before they begin the harvest process. And as I understand it, hemp can change very rapidly as far as specifically the THC in that plant with COVID-19 still in play and you trying to find that staffing number to get out there and take those samples, do you anticipate any problems this, this year for the harvest, Brian? Well, you know, anything can happen, Pam, but uh, we, we've, we've staffed up a little bit larger than last year. So we've, we've just brought on 15 uh, sampling staff over the last uh, month or so. Um, the, the biggest core of that group just getting started as we're coming into that ramped up time frame where, where more um, notifications are coming into us that we need to be um, out there starting to collect those uh, pre-harvest samples. So we, we've got that staffing on now. We're contingency planning in case there is any COVID-related impacts, and that contingency planning would be, you know, the, 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 would be pulling in existing staff from other programs if need be, um, to fill voids um, if there is a COVID-19 impact there to our, you know, to our sampling um, staff levels. 
Uh, but uh, by and large, in the department as a whole, we've we've knock on wood, we've we've made out pretty well with with COVID nineteen so far impacting our staffing. Um, but certainly, same thing could be said uh, where we're focused on that and paying attention to it on the laboratory analytical side as well. If we were to have any COVID impacts there, that could could have an impact on our on our program as well. So we're focused on that and contingency planning for it. Brian Coons along with us, a division administrator in charge of Wisconsin's hemp program at the Wisconsin Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection. And while those pieces are in motion right now, Brian, you're also continuing to move forward with uh, some of the regulatory adjustments that Wisconsin's going to accomplish before the end of the calendar year. And that's another message you want to make to Wisconsin hemp growers and processors to stay diligent on this year's crop and a timely harvest. Explain why. Yeah, so the we've been operating under the uh, pilot research program model for the last three years. So this will be our third year under that pilot research program. USDA published their interim final rule on hemp production, and that goes into effect, that federal program, which again, uh, uh, I guess but to back up, the, the pilot research program will sunset um, and expires on October 31st of this year. And on November 1st, we move into the new federal program. Um, so we have to have, uh, well, so growers will be impacted right then at, on that November 1 date. We move into a new program, and our recommendation certainly would be for growers to make sure they are, you know, to their best benefit, I think, that, to have them harvested and done with their, their 2020 crop uh, prior to that November 1 date. Uh, because there are some changes in the regulatory side of things come November one, and um, to me they would be they would benefit by by getting all of their their crop um, harvested prior to that November one date. Certainly, they would like the, they would benefit to have it uh, tested uh, prior to the November one date, uh, because that THC content, that critical number, um, will be slightly calculated slightly differently. Um, come November 1 under the new federal program. And um, uh, just broadly, I'd say it, it is a slightly tighter tolerance than, um, you know, potentially than what we were operating under the uh, pilot research program. Brian Kuhn, our guest, he is the division administrator at the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection that has been overseeing Wisconsin's hemp program and now undertaking the emergency rule adjustment that should be completed by October 31st of this year. If you're a grower, if you're connected to the industry and want to stay connected with that process, then follow up and go to the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection's website where they've got the Hemp Pilot Research Program all online. And like you said, now is staff definitely mobilized and busy out there collecting all of those samples from our Wisconsin hemp producers that finally got a good crop. And remember, you have to make sure that you are allowing them to sample before you begin the harvest. Like I said, more details on the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection website. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. 
When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. We've always been in the helping profession. And I really enjoy delivering a product that they never have to worry about ever as long as they live. We're passionate about this because, first of all, we like to work with a variety of homeowners, and we like to work with a variety of homes. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. When you're ready for your new metal roof, we'll be right here for you. S-W-I-T-A, metalroofing.com. Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Neon, day glow, flashing lights, special effects. Today's world puts our sense of sight on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. It's a wonder how much you'll see once all the distractions fade away. You may see a lone eagle soaring past massive snow-capped mountains. Or a great horned owl perched stoically on a branch nearby. You may see the furry face of a baby sea otter curiously poking its head out of the dark blue sea or ancient rocks shaped by centuries of wind. When you see these things, you're seeing the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, 518. Now as we get started on kind of a chilly Tuesday morning, I got I kind of don't like saying that since it's only the 8th day of September. Let's talk about this. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. Happy to be uh, able to chat with you again. But boy, I'll tell you what, this... Uh, Tell me what is so challenging about forecasting at this time or in this situation, Stu. And the reason I say that, not you, but so I was up at the farm, uh, northeast Wisconsin. They had all kinds of predictions of doom and gloom, severe weather, watch out for the rain, uh, high water flooding, all this kind of stuff. And it didn't pan out. None of it showed up. Go ahead. It didn't really develop. But yeah, the, the threats were out there. That chance still exists. It has a lot to do with a big front that's off to our south this morning. Uh, Still lining up from, oh, say, southern Kansas, northern Missouri, central Illinois to Indiana. That front's off to the south. It has provided some light rain in in at least the Madison area, 12 hundredths of an inch. I did see that Racine in southeast Wisconsin picked up 67 hundredths of an inch, way over a half an inch. That front stayed off to the south. Most activity stayed to the south as rain, as it is this morning from eastern and southeast Iowa, northern Illinois, very far southern Wisconsin, up toward Racine as well. But that front was expected to push a bit further north. Really was the feeling that a lot of mild air would overrun it, and it would push up into Wisconsin and provide all kinds of heavy rain and things like that. That just never quite materialized. Sure, that front's still there. It could rise north as a warm front today, so we'll still talk about some rain chance, especially in southern Wisconsin, and I'll throw a small chance in for everybody else here in the central part of the state. 
scattered showers, maybe a thunderstorm, some chance into the nighttime. I don't expect major rains or storminess or anything like that, but some rain chances do indeed develop as that front will try to push back to the north and then it'll push back to the south. Still around, much the same chances around for tomorrow. The one thing we're seeing, aside from that possibility of rain and the fact that that front is near, is there's also high pressure off to the north, and that's really helping to clear out and bring some cold air in. They're talking snows in the northern Rockies, even in the higher elevations into Colorado. There could be a foot or two of snow way up on the peaks of the Rockies, and that would happen even today and on into the day tomorrow. We're going to get some of that cool air. No, we're not going to frost and freeze and end the growing season, nothing like that. But we are going to stay a little bit cooler, certainly cooler than it has been, a lot cooler than it was in August. Take it as a break because we do start to warm up. Those temperatures rebound again as we look toward the weekend and on toward next week. Back up with more likely daytime highs in the lower 70s. And that still may be a little cooler than normal. But slowly and surely the mild air will be returning. We're not ending anything right now. Just having a cool break here as we make our way through this week with some rain. Talked about rain chances. Let's talk about that. Southern Wisconsin. Now that's Madison. Maybe to Beaver Dam. Beaver Dam might even be a stretch. Maybe a little too far north. But there'll be some showers and maybe thunderstorms popping up again later today or tonight. Rain amounts could push up into that quarter. Maybe a half inch range in the south. Otherwise, trace amounts to near a quarter. You know, a couple of tenths of an inch for the rest of us late today, overnight, or even into the day Wednesday. Not a real wet spell. I'll have forecast details right after this. Compier Financial has always been there for our clients and communities in any situation, and our support continues today. Whether it's providing financial services to our local farmers or responding to the funding needs of our community partners, we're here to help. To learn more, give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compere.com today. Compere Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. At Wiffle's Hybrids, our family recipe for success has been handed down for three generations. Take two parts high-performing hybrids, mix with one part unmatched quality, then finish it off with our secret sauce, superior customer service. Some people may say it's impossible to get the best hybrids from an independent, family-owned company, to which we'd say, have your cake and eat it, too. Mmm, Wiffle's Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. All right, uh, we're at 523. Stu, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this weather because, like you said, uh, talking snow in the Rockies, even Denver, and yesterday, I think it was yesterday, they had record heat. So this is a wacky weather system no matter where you're looking these days. Absolutely, yeah. Off to the south of this big front through the central part of the U.S., it's really hot. So, you know, we've got the cool side. Today we'll talk mostly cloudy skies, maybe a sprinkle in the south this morning, and more likely by late afternoon a scattered shower or a thunderstorm could develop. We'll all have to watch for that. We'll be in the mid and upper 50s. Yeah, we should be in the mid-70s. Northeast winds today, a good 5 to 15, even some gusts near 25. Cloudy with a few showers, could be a thunderstorm yet in the night. We drop toward 50 or just into the upper 40s, and the northeast winds overnight. 5 to 15 and a bit gusty. Like I say, in the south, a tenth of an inch, maybe a quarter inch of rain falling into Wednesday. 
Call it cloudy, scattered showers. That's it, a few showers. Low to mid-50s, northeast winds 5 to 15. Mostly cloudy even on Thursday. And a small chance of a scattered shower. Low 60s already then. And I'd expect upper 60s on Friday, Pam, but maybe a little dampness, a few showers even to wrap up the week. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You bet. Have a great day. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist with those weather details. And if we start off uh, looking in Lacrosse, you've got some partly cloudy skies. You're sitting at 52 degrees. Mauston, clear and 50 degrees. Fond du Lac, some clouds and 55. Beaver Dam, cloudy and 54. At the airport in Madison, we've also got cloudy skies sitting at 52 degrees as we roll towards uh, the top of the hour. Don't forget our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson after 5.30. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Buy direct from the manufacturer and start saving on your fuel storage costs. 1,000-gallon and 550-gallon fuel tanks are in stock at USEMCO, built Wisconsin Tough and Toma. Sandblasted and urethane-coated prevents rusting and wear and tear. Plus, they come with a full factory warranty. A tough tank for a soft price from USEMCO. Visit USEMCO.com and click on Fuel Tanks. Save on your fuel storage costs with the Wisconsin company always looking after you. Visit USEMCO.com. At Wiffle's Hybrids, our family recipe for success has been handed down for three generations. Take two parts high-performing hybrids, mix with one part unmatched quality, then finish it off with our secret sauce, superior customer service. Some people may say it's impossible to get the best hybrids from an independent, family-owned company, to which we'd say, have your cake and eat it, too. Mmm, Wiffle's Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. I don't want to brag. That means you're totally about to brag. Everything in my home matches. Matches perfectly. It's all pulled together. That's because I have my own personal interior designer. You have your own interior designer because you shop at Lazy Boy. My Lazy Boy designer can pull strings and get me custom fabrics that match, handles and feet that coordinate my personal style, and color combinations that nobody else has. Everybody can have it. You just have to start at Lazy Boy. My personal designer knows knows how to bring it all together without it looking all, all, um, what's the word? It's not all matchy-matchy. You get the idea. Of course, this kind of customization isn't available to just anyone. It's available to everyone. Unless you have a personal designer from Lazy Boy. It all comes together with Lazy Boy. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. 
Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You've been a do-it-yourselfer your entire life. It's going to be one heck of a party someday. It's your life celebration party, and you should be the general contractor. This is Matt Gunderson. At Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, we've been helping plan out life celebrations for nearly 100 years, and it costs nothing to prearrange. Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, your hometown life celebration center. Gunderson Funeral Home. If wine is sunlight held together by water, having a sip during happy hour at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse is absolutely heavenly. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. This is how it's done. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to keep harmful secondhand smoke out of our public spaces and workplaces and fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. We're fighting for a day when kids no longer battle airborne poisons in their own homes or the fear of an asthma attack. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air. We're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing, and we can use your help. Join us in the fight. Visit fightingforair.org and read about just a few of the many ways the American Lung Association is fighting to protect the air we breathe, both indoors and out. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. In Disney's The Lion King and in our world... Fatherhood plays an important role. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov to learn more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. I have comments here from Aaron Jones, Packers running back. I like the comments. I like the mindset. I feel like everyone should have the mindset if they're playing a, a, a sport or just any walk of life when it comes to trying to win something. Here is Aaron Jones on the mindset they have. At Lambeau Field, as he joined uh, CBS Sports Talk Radio yesterday. Here you go. You know, what's the mindset of the team coming back after that heartbreaking loss and getting to that next level and eventually being potential Super Bowl champions? Uh, our, our mindset is bring the bring the title back to Title Town because uh, this is where it belongs. We were, like you said, we were so close but fell short. So um, all of it, it left a nasty taste in all of our mouths, and we know we just gotta kind of play off of each other, offense play off of defense, defense play off of. Uh, special teams and so on and so forth, and um, we when we stay together as brothers, we'll be right where we want to be in the end. All right, so bring the title back to Title Town because that's where it belongs. My man, Aaron Jones, I love it. I think that's you know that's the philosophy for every single team in the NFL or any professional team to bring the championship home. The Packers were one game away last year, obviously bowed out in a big way against the Niners in the NFC Championship game. My question though is, Rowdy is. Um, you're always looking to get better from the year before, right? So what's better? Going to the Super Bowl and hopefully hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy and bringing it home to Titletown, like Aaron Jones just said, in a COVID-19 year where you have what we were just talking about, no preseason, no no preseason games, less practices. LaFleur said they'd be lucky to get 14 in. You, you Set back so much. I know everyone's on the same playing field, but looking at the Packers last year and then moving it forward with – less time to prepare what uh are the expectations for you when it comes to the green bay packers is it to win 
Is it for them to win the trophy, the Vince Lombardi trophy? I feel like with Aaron Rodgers and as a Green Bay Packer fan, I feel like that's always your expectation, right? Yep. You expect, well, if we have Aaron Rodgers, we're going to be a top team in the league. And if you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you want more than one Super Bowl and one Super Bowl appearance. Yep. We already did that with Brett Favre. I mean, we had two appearances, but they got that one, you know, the one trophy. We need uh, we need another one. Aaron Rodgers but, Hall of Famer, get two. If you look at it realistically from what we've learned from the past few seasons is that maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't that top five quarterback like he was when he was the best quarterback for about a six, seven year stretch. Yeah, father time remains undefeated. And obviously you're going to need some other players around him to play well, both on offense and defense. I think the Packers believe that they found some of those defensive leaders and studs. Definitely. But there's still a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, that's the most amount of questions, right? It is the offensive side of the football. The one receiver that they got to try to help alleviate, you know, some of the workload that Devontae Adams has was get Devin Funchess. And because of COVID-19, Devin Funchess has opted out of the season. And then you also, you look at their, their offense under Matt LaFleur and it never got on track last year. It was a first year, but we were, we kept saying, Week four, it would be like, well, you know, give it until week six. And There's then never it was, really a complete game outside of was, maybe like one or two. Well, you know, it's only been seven games. How about, you know, by the end of the season, they'll have this thing cooking for the playoffs since they kept they continued to win ugly. Yeah. And then you never really saw that offense outside of a couple games against some really bad teams play well. I got some uh, odds from the wise guys out of, out of the desert, Vegas, when it comes to the Packers, just in the NFC North alone. But would you say, would you think that, if the Packers were to win the Super Bowl this year, that this would be the hardest year ever for the organization or any organization to hoist the trophy? I mean, no, just because everyone's playing under the same type of circumstances. Everyone's in. I mean, for any, any, any team that wins it like this, like I can't believe that we made it through of COVID-19, you know, social unrest, no preseason, Lack of practices, lots and lots of distractions. You know, insert thing here. Like, I can't believe that we did it. I think that I think this year is probably like the it's definitely the craziest year. But is it the hardest year for a team to hoist the trophy? Well, my, my the thing that I don't get is you've had Matt Lafleur and some other players talk about how you know the lack of preparation this year because of COVID. That being like off season workouts. That being the mini camps, the training camps, the practices now. No preseason games, limited contact, but then you still cancel the practice. Yeah. Yep. That's why it it just boggles my mind that you can also come out and say that, but then you still cancel the practice. Yep. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Alrighty, 535 now on a Tuesday morning. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. He's joining us live in about 10 minutes' time. Corn and soybeans are rallying overnight in Chicago. Uh, and meanwhile, a lot of farmers in central Iowa beginning to really discover the toll that that August 10th derecho had on their farm fields. Literally millions of acres in central Iowa specifically that have been devastated. Now the big question is, how much will they be able to harvest even of that corn that's laying down? And once they do harvest it, 
Where is that grain going to go? They lost so much grain storage capacity with the derecho damage as well. Talking about that in just a little bit. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday, the 8th day of September. Plenty of little historical tidbits that I can bring to you today. Back in this day, 1846, Carroll College opened its doors. It's Wisconsin's oldest college, and it started with an enrollment of five men and two faculty members on this day in 1846. On this day in 1966, Star Trek made its television debut. Now, just think about that. 1966, when you first became acquainted with Commander Captain James T. Kirk, his science officer Spock, Chief Medical Officer Dr. Leonard McCoy, back on this day in 1966. On this day in 1974, President Ford pardoned Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. He was the 38th president after Nixon uh, stepped away and resigned. And on this day in 1986, Oprah Winfrey's show aired for the very first time. 25 years it was on the air, won over 45 Daytime Emmy Awards. Oprah Winfrey Show started on this day in 1986. And now you know. Well, I want you to know that the deer season is coming up, and the deer hunting should be good this year. That's according to Bob Knack, big game specialist with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. He said there's every indication to lead hunters to believe this year could be a real winner when it comes to getting out in the woods looking for the big buck. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, our, our, certainly the, the winter impacts deer numbers in the north, and there were pockets of northern Wisconsin that had moderate to severe uh, winters. And so, you know, that certainly does play a role in, in that part of the state. But um, by and large, uh, the reports I'm hearing are, are um, you know, people are seeing deer, they're seeing fawns and a lot of fawns even in the north. And so th- those are all good signs that the herd, uh, you know, made it through winter okay and, and that they're, uh, they're doing well this summer as, as well. Mm-hmm. So now let's start uh, gearing up a little bit for uh, fall, which uh, is just around the corner. Have there been, we talked about the interaction with the general public, have there been any changes, anything that we need to get ready to adjust for when it comes to the gun deer season in November? Or maybe we shouldn't get that far ahead of ourselves. Maybe there's other hunting uh, adjustments that some of our big game folks have to think about. No, I think now is a good time to be thinking about this fall. Um, I know I'm excited about the upcoming deer season, and I know a lot of other people are as well. And now is a good time to be, you know, uh, if you're an archery hunter, to be shooting your bow and making sure that you're you're well-practiced when you hit the field. And certainly the same thing applies to, uh, you know, a gun hunter as well. Make sure your equipment's functioning correctly and you're sighted in. Uh, it's also a good time to be talking to those landowners that maybe have allowed you to hunt on their property in the past. I know a lot of landowners uh, would prefer making contact at this time of year as opposed to when they're maybe harvesting crops, and and they don't and they appreciate you know the long term uh, thought that you're giving to it, and not just showing up the night before you want to hunt. So now is a good time to to be making those contacts. Do we have any uh, anticipated adjustments in how we're going to do things with COVID-19 now, Bob? We've been kind of transitioning towards, uh, you know, more of a scan-type situation over the past couple of years. Do we have any anticipation of further adjustments in light of potential COVID this fall? 
Yeah, I, you know, it's certainly something we're thinking about, and it's on our radar. However, I, I can't point to any specific changes either as a result of COVID. Um, of course, we want people to to follow the best management practices that we've all got accustomed to in, in social distancing um, and, and uh, you know, use caution when you're getting together with, with large groups. And it, that's a challenging thing because, uh, you know, hunting and especially deer hunting, uh, we have a strong heritage of, of doing that as a group and uh, whether it's with your family and friends. And so, um, you know, I think, I think we're all aware of the, the, the caution that we need to be using. And I would just encourage hunters to do the same. But right now, as far as the process of uh, reporting the deer, doing anything like that, nothing new that we need to be aware of. Yep. There's nothing new for this year. Um, you know, hunters, um, should if they're interested in harvesting antlerless deer, and especially if they hunt in the forested zones, um, they should be paying attention to uh, uh, the, the when those bonus tags go on sale. If you're interested in in trying to harvest an antlerless deer, Bob Knack, big game specialist with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, and if you are looking at those bonus tags that Bob was talking about, basically as of September first. All areas of the state that offer bonus tags are taking your application. Find out more on the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources website. 541 on the clock right now. Let's talk about what's going on in the markets. Currently in overnight electronic trade, corn and soybeans are on the uptick. December corn right now is up four and a quarter cents, three sixty-two. November soybeans are up seven and a quarter cents at nine seventy-five and a quarter. The September wheat finished on Friday down about four cents. July new crop wheat, that is down two currently at five fifty-nine a bushel. Dairy markets on Friday going into the long weekend. Barrel cheese was up six and a half at a dollar seventy. Forty pound block cheese up seven and a quarter cents at two twelve and a half, while double A butter that dropped three quarters of a cent to one forty nine and a quarter per pound. The fluid milk contracts in overnight trade. October is trading nine cents higher at eighteen ninety eight a hundred weight. November finished down eighteen cents at seventeen fifty five a hundred weight. I don't know if Josh mentioned it to you or not, but I want to congratulate the five finalists that have been announced for the annual Leopold Conservation Award. This is a major honor uh, and a fairly lengthy process to go through. Congratulations to these finalists: Mike Berg from Blanchardville. John and Melissa Aaron from Stevens Point, Charlie Hammer and Nancy Cavazanjan from Beaver Dam, Brian Milzuski from Independence, and John and Dorothy Prisky of Fall River. Now you can find out a little bit more about each of these farms on our website now, MidwestFarmReport.com. We'll learn the award winner coming up in December, the top prize, $10,000 in cash presented annually by Sand County Foundation, American Farmland Trust, Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, and Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. So congratulations to those five finalists. We will keep you posted on who takes home that $10,000 in cash. Well, what kind of cash is afoot in the marketplace this morning? Like I said, corn and beans are on the uptick. John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson joining us live in just a moment to give you the latest news from Chicago. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Congratulations on your recent marriage. Now's the time to update that old policy. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. Freedom from fees means more to spend on what matters most. Our fee-free e-checking lets you easily manage your money. Our online and mobile banking with bill pay and person-to-person payments are all free. Freedom is found in the money you keep. Learn more at SettlersWI.com slash OpenMyAccount. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. Lenders you know. Member FDIC. Equal Opportunity Lender. If you've ever driven a tractor, you are her friend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Here we are, 546 now on a kind of a chilly start to a Tuesday morning, to be honest with you. And this uh, kind of temperature and the wet weather is a part of our forecast basically all week long. By the time we get to Friday, we'll be back up around 69 degrees. Looks like we'll be in the 70s again next week, but you'll notice it today. Well, we are noticing that our corn and soybeans are trading higher, rolling into a Tuesday trade session. Let's talk about it. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson joining us live. So, uh, like I said, John, you know, we're watching these crazy weather patterns. Denver, Colorado goes from almost record-breaking heat to now they're going to look at snow today or tomorrow. Uh, Is the market watching the weather or what seems to be initially inspiring corn and soybean traders this morning? Yeah, that's probably a big factor coming into play is, you know, we had really good strength on the open. It's kind of been fading here this morning as I think some of the outside markets are starting to come into play. But, you know, they're talking some freezing temps or really cold temps coming down into the North Dakota Plains as well as maybe as far down into, you know, into the Southern Plains. So we're going to be watching that very closely. Probably maybe a little early to throw that type of frost premium in the market here, you know, for just being the first uh, week of September you know, in that regard. But, you know, you got a market that's got some concerns already, and anything that's bringing a little bit of re- a pr- risk premium in here has been getting thrown into this market quickly. We've got a lot of things in front of the market, though, this week. The biggest thing probably focusing on the USDA report coming out on the 11th or Friday, where we'll get our next kind of look at where yields and, and crop production and things like that are going to be going. So this will be probably a fairly choppy and uncertain week going into that report. Now, you also have been watching where money is coming from and what positions they're taking. Can you 
can you slowly go over it in layman's terms, John, on what kind of money movement we've seen on grains, where it's coming from, where it's going to, and why that's important to know? Sure, not a problem. When we look at the money flow, we talk about managed money, or you hear the term the funds or the speculator positions. So those are the, you know, the, the fund hedge fund groups, uh, you know, that sit in Chicago or New York, wherever, and they buy and sell grains uh, as an investment tool. And as we've been watching here, they have a short position and a long position that they hang on to, and then we get our what we call their net position, and that's either long or short. Corn market just this week moved uh, back to a net long position, not by much, about 18,000 contracts, and that's usually figured on Tuesday of the week, and we get the report on Friday. That's the first time since last August they've actually moved back to a long position. So that's kind of significant because, again, that's just showing you how the money flow is moving into the market. Now, they've done that by getting rid of their short side or their, or their sold positions, not really pouring any money into the long side. So that has me cautious that do they have enough news to now start buying this and push this, or is it just they squared things up here and now, they got, now they'll start looking at next week or next year, excuse me, and focusing on where they want to put their money again. And I think Friday's report could be a big tell. If the market stays extremely heavy and corn next at the end of the week and we're expecting that you know those carryout numbers to stay over the two billion level that the funds can move that money back into the short side again and just kind of maintain this market here or keep pressure on it while we wait for the demand to make sure we chop into that pile well let's talk about that then however you know it's amazing i was gone all last week it's funny how much can happen in a week how has the export picture continued to play out for both corn and beans we have to really start paying attention to south america Yes, uh, for South American standpoints, they're going to be starting to walk into uh, their planting window here in the next week or so. And they're forecasted to put another record bean crop out there. And right now, with the whole currency ratio between the dollar and the Brazilian real, those producers are getting strong prices, if not record prices, for cash. So they're they're well hedged going into there. So they have nothing to slow them down from planting. So we look at the demand side of the equation, which has obviously been the biggest driver underneath here, besides just the questions of where the crop is due to the weather. You know, the Chinese have been stepping strongly into the market here. They're probably responsible for the majority of the grain purchases for the new crop marketing year. And right now on the books, we got both record corn and bean purchases ready to go for this fall. So that's some of the big strength, especially we've seen in the bean market, is the pure fact that. You know, we got that buyer back in this marketplace, and this market says, we want your beans now so we can get them on boats and move them out uh, here this fall. Last week, saw the Chinese pick up another million metric tons of corn, which is, a, is great to see. Uh, still a long way to go. We're still kind of within what the USDA is forecasting. That's why the market maybe hasn't moved so much on it. But that's something that's going to come uh, forward here. We'll have to watch if that demand continues. That'll keep some support under this market. May not drive it higher due to the supply picture, but at least it'll prevent things from falling apart. Yeah, yeah. You know, we also have to pay attention to, you mentioned currency, all those outside markets. I It just dawned on me yesterday when I was filling up after traipsing around all weekend that uh, gas at the pump in a lot of places back under two bucks. Uh, that's, I assume, crude is one of those factors as to where funds are moving. 
Yeah, that's something that's actually started last week. I've been kind of watching it with a bit of concern here. We lost $3 per barrel on the crude oil prices last week. We're breaking down another $1.80 plus so far this morning on the futures. You know, and we're seeing a push down to some levels we haven't seen for quite a while. Short-term demand concerns weigh on that market overall. Also, just the volatility we saw in the equities or the stock markets last week, too, just brought some selling into that market as it broke apart technically. And that crude oil market is a barometer, especially in corn, uh, because of its ties to ethanol. If we're seeing crude oil prices come down, gasoline prices come down, that usually brings ethanol with it. And you know we're still struggling to get that demand side of the equation back to normal you know, since COVID hit back last spring. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting on Friday's report. Anything else in particular uh, this morning that you're going to be keeping an eye on, John? Is there any developing story that might otherwise be missed? You know, we may have to watch the technical side of things. The corn futures pushed back and tried to get through that 363 level. I've been talking about that now for a couple months, and it just failed there again. We're already four cents off the high this morning. Same thing with beans. We're within a dime of the last year's uh, contract highs. You know, is it getting to the point where we've got enough in? You know, I, I was doing some meeting. I did a meeting last week, and I just encouraged those producers. You know, you got to reward the rally to some extent here. At least make sure you're getting stuff moved. Or, you know, we got a lot of volatility coming up with an election in November. Make sure you build some defense underneath because you just don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of months with everything on the geopolitical front. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is for sure. All right. John Heinberg along with us, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Remember their toll-free number, 800-334-9779. That's 800-334-9779. Or you can find him, send him an email, totalfarmmarketing.com is their website. Well, we'll keep an eye on things, John, and watch for that Friday report and catch up with you for a breakdown on the details Tuesday. Sounds great. We look forward to talking to you then. Excellent. Thanks, John. John Heinberg again from uh, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson out of West Bend joining us live this morning. And as he said, you just don't know what exactly is going on day to day with these markets. So make sure you're taking advantage of the rally while it lasts. Again, 800-334-9779, totalfarmmarketing.com. All right, tomorrow, I believe we are going to be chatting with our friends from the Wisconsin Beef Council on what they're doing with your beef checkoff dollars in classrooms. Now, think about that. Are they in classrooms? Are they virtual? How do you try to make sure that you're reaching kids regardless of where they're learning and help them better understand on where some of their food comes from? Brooke uh, Roberts is going to be in studio with us to talk a little bit more about that. And again, as always, you can find more details at beeftips.com if you want to jump ahead and see it now. Also want to encourage you, don't miss a thing. Make sure you sign up for our daily e-newsletters that keep you posted on all the news relative to Wisconsin agriculture. You can sign up at MidwestFarmReport.com. And also, don't be afraid to re-listen to my conversation with John Heinberg coming up uh, probably after 6 o'clock. I'll have that up on our podcast as well. So keep it in mind, MidwestFarmReport.com. We'll catch up with you tomorrow morning, same time, same channel. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young.